if I've not had the chance to meet you, my name's Gary. And I live in St. Albans, but I am not from St. Albans originally. <laughs> I am from Australia originally. I came from Sydney, but I am living in St. Albans. I've been there for 10 years almost. It's amazing. More than 10 years. So uh, God is good. And um, it's been a great blessing to be here uh, in this church. And we're talking about culture and stuff over the last few uh, weeks. And uh, we have talked about the vision, which get all these things in the bulletin and things right now. But in terms of cultural values and in terms of culture, um, we've looked at integrity, at generosity, at honour, at courage. Uh, forgiveness is coming soon. And today we're talking about acceptance. Yeah? Is there one more, Jackie, as well? Yeah, isn't there? I think there's one more. But anyways, we, we have one more. And so we're doing acceptance today. And today I want to look at acceptance in, in sort of two areas. First of all, receiving grace uh, and acceptance from God. And then also how we as a church need to extend acceptance to others. And that one is the cruncher, and we'll talk more about it in a little while, okay? And so, um, you know, I just want to throw this open today for, for all of us because, um, you know, we come in from different backgrounds and all, and uh, Helen, you're saying you're from an Anglican background today, and I suppose in reality I am too, but, but we're from all, all different backgrounds here, and we just want to be uh, open to what God has for, for this church. And uh, he's doing something new and fresh, and, uh, and we don't want to miss uh, what that is. And so um, later on, we're going to have a chance to pray together. And, you know, I was thinking about, you know, I could come and I could pray for you and stuff, but I, we just want God to move, his Holy Spirit just to move. And I hope that, that min- the Holy Spirit ministered to you a bit during the worship time today. You're able just to receive a little bit of God's heart today while worshiping. And I pray that today... Uh, as we're doing the word and stuff, that will happen as well. At the end, if you want to pray together, we can do that. Or if you just sense God on you right there in the middle of the meeting, that's cool, okay? So if I stop and I say, can we just lay a hand on brother here or that sister over there? Well, that's what will happen, okay? We'll, we'll just do that. And so just feel free today because we did speak a little bit about uh, the truth will set us free. And, and that's what we're really after today. So, um, yeah, our message today really is on acceptance, okay? Acceptance is, is the key uh, focus for today. And... Um, and uh, when I was uh, uh, a single guy and I was traveling around, I was living in Hong Kong and moving about, I, uh, I used to carry a, a pretty big backpack with me. And we used to, to um, it was 23 kilos, I used to go around, and I was traveling through Asia. And I was staying on one of the islands uh, in Hong Kong, okay? And uh, I laid out my little tent uh, on one of the islands, it was the summertime, and a, uh, a Buddhist monk who was walking by, he sat on a stone or on a little kind of rocky outcrop there, and he was looking at me as I was setting up my tent. And, uh, and as I set up and I got ready, it was late afternoon, I was getting ready for the evening, and he said to me, um, so are you, um, you're going to stay here tonight? And I said, yeah, I'm going to stay here tonight, you know, just got the tent there. And he said, um, where are you from? I said, I'm from Australia. And he said, um, he said you um, know this area has long grass and, big snakes. There's a lot of snakes in Syria. And I said, yeah, I'm from Australia. It's okay. It's no problem. We can have snakes down under as well. It's no problem. And he said, um, and he said uh, okay, well, um, but there are more comfortable places to stay than being in that tent here on the grass with these snakes and stuff. And I said, well, um, yeah, I said, but I'm not really into going to big hotels and stuff tonight. You know, I said, I'm okay just with hanging in the tent and stuff, you know. And he said, well, um, they, they don't cost all that much. Uh, in fact, I know one place which doesn't cost anything at all. I said, oh, really? And he goes, yeah. And he said, um, I, I'm the head of a monastery up the street, you know. And um, it, if you'd like, you can come and it's no cost, you know, to the monastery. And, uh, and I said, you're going to invite me to your monastery. And, uh, and he goes, yeah, you can come. 
And he said, you know, it's summer, so all the kind of junior monks are out. He said, so it's kind of, it's cool, the place is pretty empty. So okay. And I said, but what do I have to do to be in your monastery? Do I have to carry water or something? I'd seen the movies, you know what I mean? I've seen the guys carrying water. And uh, I thought, am I going to carry water? Am I going to you know, climb mountains? Am I going to you know, crush flour or something? And, and he goes, no, 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 no. He says, you, you come. You're, you're welcome. And you come and you, you stay in, in our monastery. It's no problem. And I'm thinking, you know, strings attached. But I'm thinking, what the heck, you know? So it's okay. You talk me into it. Let's do it, you know? And so I go over to his place. And it's a big old, it's like a school, big old monastery. And, uh, you know, lions out the front, you know, on either side and stuff. So I go in there and he shows me around. And I have this, uh, this dormitory all to myself, yeah? And uh, it's like a school hall, not quite, maybe half the size of a school hall, okay? And there's all these beds in there. So it's like an army barracks or something. And none of them are, none of them are full. Everyone's empty. And so help yourself. So I just jump on a bed, you know, and, uh, and it's totally empty. And uh, I said, fine, great, you know. So now off we go. And uh, when it comes to, to dinner time, I'm down there. And I'm thinking, okay, so uh, I am just ready to eat, I mean, like ugh, a horse, man. I'm starving, okay? We're you know, carrying that pack all up the hills and stuff. And so um, I said, what's for dinner, you know? And they said, well, we're kind of fasting today, you know? And I'm like, I don't even know what that really kind of means, because really, I, I don't even believe it was a short time. And, and I said, uh, I've come quite a way, so if, you, if it's all the same to you, I'm going to eat something. That's cool, you know? And so, uh, and so I bring out for my backpack, as a, as a you know, camper and a backpack, you're always carrying stuff with you. So I pull out my knife and my fork, my chopsticks, my bowls, and I bring out my can of pork ribs, you know? And they're like, what is that? And I said, it's pork ribs. And pork ribs? I'm in a Buddhist monastery, okay? And some of them, but they're totally vegetarian, okay? So I got this can of pork ribs. No, oh, get those things out of here. So I got to put them back in the bag and put the bag in the corner. And I said, look, okay, I won't eat the pork ribs. What's the problem? And I said, you know, I'm a vegetarian. I said, okay, so what else are we going to eat? They said, we're fasting. I don't know what you're going to do. And they said, okay, look, have a look in the fridge. So in the fridge, okay, uh, is um, a bunch of those cheese slices and some bread, yeah? And so I'm like, okay, so I'll just do that. So I'm just having some cheese sandwiches here. Now there's, uh, there's like um, a, 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 another girl who's staying there who just knew people. And then there was um, uh, this nun. And I'm like, now when you mention the word nun, I'm thinking of like um, Maria, Julie Andrews, you know, kind of thing. Uh, my favorite things, yeah? This nun didn't look like that, okay? This nun looked like a guy, okay? And looked like he was about 70, okay? And this was a nun. And uh, she had all the robes and stuff on, but she was polite, but she didn't talk any English. And so, um, so this old nun is, is there just kind of watching me as she's doing her, her kind of like sewing and stuff. And uh, so they said, there's some bread. So I got the bread and the cheese, and I'm just choking this down, okay? So I'm on sandwich about five now. And the guy starts saying, what's this guy's problem? Okay, and so at sandwich six, she stops and says, what's going on here? The nun says to the, to the other girl. And, um, and so the trans, you know, she's talking back and forth. And I just said, what's the deal? And she goes, she wants to know when you're going to stop eating. And I said, well, I've been carrying stuff for a long way today, and you guys said it was cool to be here. And I said, whatever. So I just I ate the last sandwich kind of thing and hung out. You know, that had me there staying for three days. Okay, and um, you know, shower and stuff, can hang out, read books. You know, I'd go out in the daytime, come back, you know, it was cool. And I was waiting for like the big, you know, Buddhist kind of indoctrination and you know, kind of get the books out. It never came, it was cool. And um, so, anyway, I talked to, to the guy, and these guys, you know, as with all these monasteries, they're all like Kung Fu kings, masters and stuff, you know, and so it was like being in the Shaolin thing, you know. And I, just to say, I, you know, I wouldn't recommend you do this now, okay? I did it, and I was pretty kind of. I wasn't really 
strong in God at the time, I was just ready for a place to stay, all right? So I wouldn't recommend you go to the local Buddhist monastery, okay? But, um, but I did. And they were welcoming, actually, okay? Strangely enough, those guys were quite welcoming. And I felt okay there. And, um, and we had a little bit of a tangle over the cheese sandwiches, but it was okay after a while, okay? And we, the next night we had a bang-up dinner, okay, with rice and vegetables and stuff, and it was okay. And so um, even though I wasn't a Buddhist, and even though I wasn't, you know, wearing all the robes and everything, they were okay. They, they kind of took me in. And, uh, and I felt accepted. And I, 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 I hope that we can be accepting as well, okay, as, as a church. And, uh, I mean, I, I, think, I think we are pretty accepting, okay? But, um, but there are some things that I think that we can do more of, and I believe that God wants to, to challenge us in, particularly as this church begins to, to grow. And um, uh, I was saying to Iona yesterday or today that, that uh, she was talking about the, the open heaven, and I, I had already included that song in the song list for today with a sense that that open heaven, which was a word spoken over this church a while ago and over Hatfield, um, that God wants to continue to do that but are we ready for it if he does do that? Are we ready for the open heaven uh, of Hatfield if those people start coming through the doors? Well, we'll talk a little more about it in a while, okay? But to give us a foundation in it a little bit, uh, I want to go to the story of um, the woman at the well in John 4, okay? Now, the woman at the well in John 4, you can talk about it a lot of different ways. You can talk about it from a worship perspective. You can talk about it from a woman's perspective. You can talk about it... Uh, from a, a cultural perspectives and stuff, okay? But um, today, I want to look at it particularly from uh, a perspective of uh, just being accepted, okay? Being accepted. And so it's, uh, every time I read it, I, I get a little bit more, and I, I just love it. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to read this, and I'm reading out of ESV um, translation here. If you want to read along, you can. But just listen, it's cool. And, and then we'll pick it up, okay? And so, uh, the woman at the well. So, um, I'm going to pick it up from verse 5. It's in John 4, and it's the Jesus and the woman of Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, worried, uh, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well, and it was about the sixth hour, so it's around about midday or something like that. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is uh, that is saying it to you, give me a drink, uh, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it uh, himself as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become uh, in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman said to him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people will worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming 
for neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem we worship the Father. You worship uh, what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. Uh, he is called the Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Jesus, uh, just then, his disciples came back. They marveled that he was talking with a woman. But no one said, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come and see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Many Samaritans from that town believed him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It's no longer because of what you said that we believe, for what we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is indeed the Saviour of the world. Lord, as we look at this word today, I pray that you would bring us revelation, God. Revelation of how this woman was accepted, Lord, and revelation of what you want to do here in this church and in our own life, Lord. Pray, God, that you would release us into that, God, and today that we would have freedom in you, God, and revelation and acceptance totally in you. Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, let's do a quick review of what's going on. There's a lot happening in that little passage of Scripture, and it's awesome, isn't it? And uh, there's a number of issues that are raised uh, in this encounter, and it really is an encounter. Uh, with God. It's not just kind of uh, a nice story. It's an, it's an encounter uh, with the Messiah. And, and, and in that, um, God reveals all these different things. So uh, first of all, the Samaritans were viewed as a lower class by the Jews. Okay, So the Jews uh, at one level, and they view the Samaritans as another, principally because they were an unclean or a mixed race. So it was kind of Jewish folks mixed with a few other people around the place. And um, if you travel in the area... Uh, you'll, you'll hear or, or see of the Bedouin tribes. And when they used to talk to me about the Bedouin tribes when, when, I, was, uh, when I was working in a kibbutz down there for a while, and when I, when I would be out travelling around, I'd mention to me, well, did you see the Bedouins? I said, who are the Bedouins? I mean, it's, it's like, is it like the Sopranos? Who, who, are, who are they? A bunch of guys, a family? I don't know what, the, what that means. But it was, it's a people group. And, uh, and the people group, um, they all mix around. And they've been mixed in with the Jewish. And so these Samaritans are all kind of mixed and they're seen as unclean or a mixed race. Um, generally speaking, culture at the time, okay, men didn't associate with women. If you were a good rabbi, a good guy, you wouldn't even talk to your wife in public almost. And so men and women didn't really associate. Um, you know, arranged marriages and stuff, but that was about it. There was not a lot of kind of, uh, you know, real courtship and all of that, okay? That was just something which didn't really happen like that. Um, so men didn't associate with women. And this particular woman... Was, uh, was despised by both men and women. She was, she was not a popular lady. And so uh, that's, that's why, you know, Jesus already hones right in on that with this word of knowledge saying that you've, got, you've had five husbands. And so because she's had five husbands, um, she is really seen as unclean. And as, uh, I mean, she's already Samaritan, so she's already unclean, but now to have five husbands as well, I mean, there's no hope for this woman in their eyes. And so she is just kind of an outcast. She's an outcast by the men, she's an outcast by the women, she's an outcast by the Jews, she's an outcast by everybody. And so when she comes to draw water, she's going to come, uh, as it says, around about the sixth hour. So it's around midday, okay? So we're talking it's midday, 
Now, if you work down there in the Middle East, you know, you, you don't draw water at midday. You draw water early in the morning, around 6 or 7 or something, and get back to the house and make your breakfast. But um, she specifically goes down there at this time because she doesn't want to meet anyone. She doesn't want all the gossip. It's like being in the playground after school, all the talking and stuff. And she doesn't want that. So she goes early, and, uh, late at least, in the middle of the day, and she's uh, on her own, just kind of drawing the water, and then she'll go home. Um, so she, she came. And so Jesus comes and, and does this amazing kind of, um, um, well, he, he breaks through a lot of barriers that are there. And, and you know, I, I'm thinking as we, even as, we, as we're talking about this, that we're going to have to be barrier breakers in a way. We're going to have to go beyond what are their accepted norms and stuff. Because he broke through cultural barriers about the whole male and female thing. Um, he challenged tradition about the unclean thing and, and you know, the Samaritans and the Jews and stuff. And, uh, and he brought this kind of cleansing um, to this woman. Uh, in, in fact, as he speaks to her, uh, it's like the lights are going on, that, that this living water that you're talking about, I can, I can have that too. And so uh, this amazing thing begins to take place. So what does Jesus do? Well, Jesus, he, he brings revelation to her about her acceptance uh, by God. I mean, she is rejected and not accepted by anybody. I mean, men, women, Samaritans, anyone. Uh, but here, Jesus totally accepts her. And uh, we see later on, you know, the guys come back and, and they're thinking when they say uh, the disciples marveled uh, at why he was talking with her. Well, he not only talked with her, he, he drank from, her, from her, uh, her bucket and everything, you know. And they would never even say, that's totally unclean. So he's just breaking traditions everywhere, breaking through barriers. And that's what I love about Jesus. It's totally atypical, and he just, he just does that. And so she, is, she feels so accepted, and she feels so um, not judged that uh, she can sit. Because don't forget, Jesus was already there. Je- this is not an accident. This whole thing is ordained. It's a divine thing, okay? Jesus goes to this well, and he sits there. And it's like he's waiting for her. And so at midday, sure enough, up she comes with a bucket, just like, you know, Jesus is thinking, and off they go. And, uh, you know, Jesus could have got there earlier and all too, but he waited, okay, and, and then hung around so he could be with this woman. So um, she is totally accepted by, by, by Jesus. And, and then she now, and this is what's uh, uh, amazing to me, you know, she... Uh, is accepted, she receives that acceptance, and now she goes back to her village and she tells them about the acceptance that she's just experienced and they then respond to her. They wouldn't even talk to her before. They would not even, you know, listen to her or anything, but they respond to her. Remember, she says, come and see a man tell me everything I ever did. And then they go, okay, sure. And they, they go up the hill and they, they start to, to follow her. Uh, and then Jesus gets a chance to speak with them and give them truth in life as well. And then they, in turn, turn around and say to him and invite him back to their village. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. A bunch of Samaritans asking the Jew, a Jew, to come and stay with them. Not only that, the king of the Jews. They asked the king, come and stay with us in our place. And he stayed there two days. Praise God. So, I mean, it's breaking off all over the place here, okay? She's already accepted now. She's told the guys, they're accepted. They're inviting Jesus. He's come down there. It's all happening. This is the village to be at. It's all going on. 
he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it's no longer because of what you said we believe, for we've heard for ourselves. We know this is indeed the saviour of the world. And so Jesus is just bringing revelation everywhere. The whole spirit of God's moving down there. And this whole village is now turning to the Lord. So we're talking some serious outreach now going on, okay? And this woman, who the outcast, is now the one who's been doing it. Used of God mightily to go ahead uh, to bring salvation to her village. So in spite of her background, she's totally accepted by Jesus. The people now accept her. The people now accept Jesus. Jesus now goes down there. It's this awesome acceptance kind of cycle that's been created. That's what we want to have here. Hallelujah. That's what we want to have here. We get accepted from the Lord, and then we can accept others in. You know, when I was doing my, uh, my first discipleship training school, I was in uh, Hong Kong, and I was with, uh, I, I, I think to be fair, a pretty motley crew. I mean, to be fair. I mean, we had guys in there who were from all over the place. In my training school, we had some, um, some ex-jail birds, really, some guys who'd been in prison. We had some gang members, uh, some ex-triad guys, we had guys who were drug dealers and stuff, and they'd come out. You can read about some of these guys in that Chase and the Dragon book. Some of them were in there. And, um, and then um, this one guy was a policeman. He was a corrupt policeman, okay? And uh, he, he got busted for uh, bribes and drugs and stuff. And so he, he did a bit of time inside. Then he came out and he was in our discipleship training school. And, um, and so he's with us, great guy, really good guy, loves God, okay, fantastic Chinese cook. And, uh, but then this guy, uh, we go off on different teams. We've got the English-speaking team, the Chinese-speaking team. He does outreach. They go off to Taiwan. And while he's in Taiwan, stumbles again and gets caught up in it. On outreach, coming to bring the word of God to these people in Taiwan, gets involved in it again, does drugs and stuff, okay? They send him back. So he comes back to the home base again, and they're praying for him and stuff and spending time. He goes to the medic uh, clinic and stuff and cleans up and everything. And then, um, you know, he spends some time and everything before God. And then six months later, he goes in the next discipleship training school again. And I think, you know, there's a bunch of people who kind of thought, well, I don't know, man, if he's going to even make this thing, okay? And there's no guarantee everyone's going to make it. And, you know, you, you give it the best shot, but uh, this guy... He gets back in again, and um, this time we just see, you know, a newness of God in him, really a heart and passion, and, um, and so he does the outreach and does great. God uses the guy, preaches, okay, people get saved, people get healed, comes back, leaves the mission base, starts a church, okay, does a church plant in Temple Street, which if you've been to Hong Kong, you guys know it, okay, a lot of weirdness down in Temple Street, obviously a temple, but all this superstitious weirdness, okay, he starts a church right down there in Demon Central, okay, right in there, and uh, starts his church, and it's just moving, Spirit of God's with the guy, church is building, okay, and so in the New Year's honors this for the governor, okay, like a couple of years later, he's up there when he gets the honors list in a suit and tie, like, what happened to you, suit and tie, and God's used this fella, and he was a guy who'd been in jail, who'd done all the corruption stuff, who'd been redeemed and stumbled again, but God used him. And so, you know, we, we, we've got to believe that God is this God of more than a second chance, but a third chance, a fourth chance. God is, just gives you these chances. He's not going to give up on you. He didn't give up on this woman. I mean, this woman in the world, I think for most people, we just said, listen, forget her. I think just, the disciples be there were thinking that. Get rid of this woman. What is the deal? 
It says they marveled that he was talking. Another word we would say is they were amazed that he was talking. I mean, they couldn't believe it. They dumbfounded that he was talking with this woman. I mean, the fact that he was talking with any woman, but with this woman and uh, Samaritan and all. And so it was just uh, unheard of. But, you know, this is it. And I'll just touch on this a little bit with the women, okay? Jesus loves using women, okay? Sorry, guys. It's something about ladies. God, Jesus just loves working with ladies. Do you know what I mean? He just loves it. And he just uses them time and time again. I'm not sure if it's the guy's pride thing, stubbornness thing, if it's the lady's more open thing or what. But, you know, it's just the, he uses these women and he uses them oftentimes as heralds. Okay, they're not preaching so much about everything, about all the theology and all, but they're heralds, they're bringing a message. And this woman takes the message of living waters to that village in Samaria, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God breaks out, and the whole village is getting saved. Brings a woman, doesn't bring some theologian down there, brings some woman with a background like that. That's who Jesus waited for. He sat at the well waiting for her. He could have got any woman going up early in the morning, 6 o'clock. He waited for her at midday, and there she came, and then he went ahead and he uses this woman, doesn't use her, he liberates this woman to, get, to go ahead and to powerfully speak to, to this, uh, this village. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's all over the place. Jesus just uses these women. So I, I won't get too much, okay? So it's just an awesome message. God, Jesus wants to use these sisters, okay? You know, Mary at the tomb, you know, the woman, the issue of blood, there's heaps of them. Jesus just wants to use some of these ladies. So I'll just leave that there, okay? Hallelujah. But uh, God is good. And so uh, this woman uh, is used mightily and it all breaks out in that little village, okay? And so, uh, and, and just, this is an aside for you, uh, for you okay? That she, uh, uh, what, I, what I see here, okay, uh, for me, as I'm going over this, there, there seems to be a direct correlation between the receiving of the acceptance of God and the offering of the acceptance. I'll say that one more time for you. There seems to be a direct correlation between the receiving of acceptance and then the offering of acceptance. That is to say that if we have not totally received acceptance from God in whatever we've been involved in, no matter how good or bad or whatever, it's going to be pretty tough to then extend and offer acceptance to others. Okay? Are you with us? It's getting quiet in here. Is that cool? Okay, so... Um, there is this kind of connection thing that seems to be coming right out of there because these people first accepted Jesus and first accepted the word of God and received the living waters. Then it was like, wow, okay, now will you come and stay with us? And all of a sudden, this awesome thing came out. So before we can be a church that offers acceptance to others, we must first be a people that receives acceptance from God. I'll say it one more time. Before we can be a church that offers acceptance to others, we must first be a people that receives acceptance from God. Because when you receive acceptance from God, and just like this woman, she is loved and she gets living waters, regardless of five husbands, six husbands, ten husbands, who cares? doesn't matter to Jesus. The one you've got right now is like a husband. doesn't matter. Living waters are still available to you. They're still available to you. And, and that is, and when you receive that, you think, wow, man, what acceptance, what mercy. We sing about songs of mercy and grace. I mean, that's mercy. And no judgment. We have that mercy over judgment. That's mercy. Could have, it's like, you know, the woman up the, the woman who was with the stoning, you know, who has got without sin, you cast the first stone. He wasn't about, you know, bringing judgment. 
this grace and this mercy extended. So it was this amazing thing. And, and so this woman, and I, I think I, I've sort of thought about this as, as I've kind of gone over this thing, and in, in verse 28, it says, So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me all ever did. Why would you leave your water jar? I mean, in the, in the desert, in the Middle East, man, you don't leave your water jar. You gotta, she says to him, how can you get water? You've got nothing to draw water with. She, you carry that thing with you. He says, well, I don't, you're not messing with this. And that's why they don't want to touch it because it's from Samaria. She leaves it. And she goes into the town and says to the people, come and hear a guy. He told me everything I ever did. I think, and I think that some of the guys in the commentators say it too, that she leaves that with John. Why does John put that in there? Why is it necessary? It's almost as if she has such a revelation that she demonstrates it physically by saying, I no longer need the thing for water anymore because I've got living water. I'm leaving it right there, buddy. I'm going down here. I've got living water. I don't need that anymore. And so it's just kind of this absolute demonstration uh, of her acceptance of the living water. She doesn't leave it in a bucket anymore. Don't need it. Hallelujah. Are you okay? Are you with us? Is everyone good? Jesus loves broken people. Loves broken people. Where it says, came to seek and save the lost. Meeting with this woman was not an accident. He hung out. He waited for her. He wanted to meet this lady. And he's, he's just, he goes on to use these women. For us... It's difficult to offer acceptance, okay, to others when we're not experiencing it ourselves. So today, I want to give us a chance just to receive acceptance from God again before we close up today, okay? Now, we have done this uh, Freedom from Christ study, okay? We've done that in the house groups and stuff. And if you're, you know, a little rusty on it, it's okay. There's a whole thing on acceptance in there, okay? I'm accepted for this, I'm accepted for that, I'm God's child, I'm God's justified, I'm, oh, it's all in there. Let me check it out, okay? So the whole acceptance thing, if you want to do Freedom from Christ, okay? But it's brilliant stuff. And I think one of the key ones, I've been redeemed and forgiven for all of my sin. In case you missed it, I'll say it again. I've been redeemed and forgiven for all of my sin. Not the big nasty ones, not just the little ones, not the, for all of them. And I think, I really said that for many of us, it's tough to be feeling like we've received acceptance or forgiveness for all the stuff that we've done. You know what I mean? These guys that I was with the, the training uh, uh, program with, you know, they, they struggled with stuff, okay? But they allowed themselves to get back into it. But if, if we stand on the truth that we are totally accepted, and there's not a whole lot, honestly, that uh, is going to, you know, um, prevent, you know, God receiving you like that. This woman at the well is just a classic case of that. And so we sang about that song today, Open Heaven, and... Um, and just that we can expect there's going to be more people coming through those doors, okay? And it may not even be through those doors. It may just go straight to a house group. It may be outside when we're outside doing some of these outreach things. And, uh, you know, Jesus, when he was seen eating with the tax collectors, and people started to say, what are you hanging out with those guys for? Okay, he says, he said, well, they, they don't need a physician. The, the people who are well don't need a physician. It's the sick guys who need a physician. That's why he came. And so we can expect there's going to be all sorts of different folks who come through those doors. Okay? I guess the question is, are we going to be able to accept them? You know, when we used to be in one of the churches, we say that there was a, a um, we were working with, there was, there was a, a couple who came to the church. And, um, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend kind of thing. And they came into the church 
and um, nice young couple, professionals and everything, you know, and just came into the church. And, oh, hi, you guys, welcome. Yeah, it's great. And as you got talking to them, it was just real clear, you know, they're, um, they're living together and everything, and yet they wanted to be part of the church. We really thought they need to have some spiritual input, you know. So we said, okay. Um, so they're in the church and you know, they're living together and stuff, you know, which is not the greatest thing. And so how are we going to do this? And so we could have read the riot act to them and said, look, well, you know, we can't do this, can't do that. And we just said, we, we just can't do that, okay? We can't do this. We've got to show some grace in some way or other. And so uh, we just accepted them in. And so for, you know, weeks, I don't know, months, they were in a house group and they were a part of the church, um, just as this couple who were living together. And, uh, and then we just gradually began to, you know, drop it into the conversation that, you know, there's a better way of doing this kind of thing, you know. Because uh, they were thinking about, you know, at some point getting married and stuff. And, and you know, so we began to, to walk them through that. We had another couple who did exactly the same thing. And uh, they were an older couple. And we began to speak with them as well. And, again, the temptation is to start saying, well, you know, you can't do this and you shouldn't do that. And the Word says, uh, and it's just... We just, if we receive mercy and grace, you know, we, we need to be able to extend a little bit of that too, you know, before we start to jump on it straight away and all the rules and stuff. And so, they, both those couples, we just kind of took a deep breath and kind of brought them in and just kind of worked with them and stuff, you know, and they were good guys. And both of them stayed all the way through that church. They did uh, separate before they got married and lived in their own apartments, which they thought was kind of defeating the purpose a little bit, but they did that. They worked with some guys and stayed and shared a place with them. Then they came back and had weddings, both of them, which is awesome and uh, great stuff. So, do you know what I mean? So we, we're going to get different ones who come through, and the question is, are we going to be able to, to handle it? So we're going to be ready for the socially rejected. She was socially rejected. Are we going to be ready for those who are seen as impure? You know, you get uh, two people from the same sex walking through that door, hand in hand. Okay, two guys, two ladies, whoever, come through the back door. Uh, are we up for that? What are we going to do? Say, so, well, the rule book says, what well, are we going to say? Come on in, you want a cup of coffee? It's tough stuff, I know, it's going to be a challenge. Living in wrong relationships. Criminal records. Anything else that you can think about that is a challenge. If we've not received it yet, there's a possibility we really could. And are we ready for that? Are we going to be able to accept them first and sit down and have a drink of water with them at the well before we start saying all these different things? Can we just invite them in and can we, can we welcome them? That's what we're talking about. It is a challenge because, you know, different ones of us have different mindsets about that. And this is where we need the renewal of the mind and we need acceptance of the Lord. But see, if we are accepted by the Lord, if we have revelation of his acceptance of us, of what we've been involved in, okay, if we have revelation of that, then we can't help but kind of extend it out. And I think that's where it's really at. It's not so much about praying specifically about how we're going to speak to this guy, that guy, but if you have revelation of acceptance before God, that we've been accepted before the Lord. You know, with all our baggage, all our weirdness, that uh, we've been accepted. You know, in my training course, I had guys from North Vietnam and South Vietnam. They're always fighting. I mean, breakfast, man, fighting. Give him the toast first. I don't care. I mean, you know, the North South Vietnamese. I mean, uh, when I was in the playground working in North, North London, Enfield, okay, we had two Somalis, North South Somalis. One woman bit the other one's ear off, okay, in the playground. They weren't believers, okay, but they were doing that. You know, like, what is the problem? And so it might be a, a nationality thing. It could be just a, a sexual orientation thing. It could be 
I don't know, some kind of background. But are we up for it? I mean, we're pretty sure we can't do it by reading more books and studying, just having more videos. We need the Spirit of God to bring a revelation again of how much we've been accepted by Him. Just like the woman at the well did. The woman at the well with all her baggage. She just was so overwhelmed with it. It's like, you guys, look what I've just found. And she went down and just talked to these guys, even though they'd been giving her a hard time. They'd been giving her a hard time all the time for ages. They wouldn't even talk with her. But she raised them, you guys, you need to hear this. The guy told me everything I ever did, come on. And then they respond. I believe they will respond if we extend ourselves to them. But we can't do it on our own. We can't do it on our own. So we need the Lord. We need the Lord to help us on this. So I'm just going to ask that we kind of pray together on this one, okay? And we can just kind of stand where we are in our space. Um, and uh, I think we'll worship a little bit first of all, and then we'll just do a little prayer, okay? And real simple, we'll do a simple worship song and just ask God to come. And, uh, you know, I don't need to know all of what you've been involved in or all that sort of stuff, okay? But, but the Lord knows anyways. And so just bring that stuff before him and receive acceptance about it. We are accepted, okay? You have not offended Jesus, okay? Because, you know, you, you've done something, okay? He will receive you, okay? But we need to, our problem is we don't, we don't receive that. That's our biggest challenge, okay? So let's go ahead and do that. And, uh, and I mean, 